0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 27th episode of the podcast for the week of October 29th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment, for if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm very happy to welcome Mexico-based professional astrologer and tarot reader, Juanita Benedicto, to join me on the pod- podcast for a special event segment, which we're doing, called Tarot Meets Astro, on-air live reading. You may have remembered uh, that I have been saying for the last couple of weeks that we did a giveaway on my uh, Patreon page um, to do this live on-air reading. So I'm very excited about it, and I hope that you are too. But before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for as little as $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energeticprinciples. All right, so let's get down to this week's astro report. Our Lunar Lady starts out the week in the sensitive, security-oriented sign of Cancer as she wanes her way to her last quarter moon position in the fiery, heart-based sign of Leo on Wednesday. She will continue her stay in the Land of the Lion until moving into the detail-oriented Earth sign of Virgo on Friday. Luna will hang out there for a portion of the weekend as she grows darker and darker in light, with her moving into the airy balance of Libra on Sunday, which coincidentally is the day that daylight savings time ends, so if this applies to you, remember to fall back an hour on your clocks. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about 8 hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, this week we are in for another round of breakthroughs and big picture visions as we have the second hit of Venus to Uranus with Venus retrograding back over the opposition point and then moving into her domicile of Libra. Mercury will also be shifting into Sagittarius, setting up periods of foreshadowing for the upcoming Mercury retrograde story that is to take place. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. So we start out on Monday with the Moon in Cancer, and she will make an opposition to Saturn uh, very, very early, a uh, trine to the Sun also pretty early, and then a trine to Neptune. Uh, and of note, we have Mercury making a conjunction to Jupiter that day. Um, and this also happens very early here on the Pacific coast. So, you know, a lot of the action may have already played out in some way, but um, so, as I read this, you know, know that it's kind of, it might might have come, it will will come, you know, it's it's just in the air right now. And it's also interesting to note um, that the last time that Jupiter has received a transit from uh, any other planet other than the moon uh, was when the sun and Mercury uh, made a sextile to Jupiter back in September, on September 11th and September 16th, respectively. Um, so, it's been a hot second since Jupiter's got some consequences contact with a planet other than the moon. So, I think this is going to be very significant uh, for that, but in other ways as well. But I digress. Let me get there. (laughs) So, now when Mercury, because if we think about Mercury, we're thinking about, uh, you know, communications, information coming in, news, uh, you know, logical and uh, rational perception of things or, or learning, And when we have a conjunction, we are setting up a new cycle. The energies are merging and becoming one. Uh, and what, who is Mercury merging with? Well, that's Jupiter, who's all about expanding your worldview or, uh, growing in some way or usually showing some type of movement. And so, when Mercury meets Jupiter, that planet of growth and expansion, our minds begin to open up a bit to understand the bigger picture of things. Our awareness is broadened from a, ra- a rational standpoint. And with this conjunction happening in Scorpio, from an emotional standpoint as well. So, we're kind of getting a little rational hit and a little emotional hit, or maybe an irrational hit that is in line with our emotions. <laughs> Um, And, you know, many of us have been going through significant changes in our lives, and especially with this year's transit of Jupiter through the transformative waters of Scorpio. So if we look back to mid-October 2017, when Mercury made a conjunction to Jupiter at the very start of the Scorpio transit, chances are we may get some insight into the beginning of the themes that were taking place. And now that they meet once again at the very end of the sign, I have a feeling we can honor just how far we have come. And if there are still changes and boundaries that need to be made, this is an excellent time to do so. Mercury will have been in orb of Jupiter for about a week now, so this may have been a process that has been steadily brewing. And it's also likely that communications and transactions are plentiful at this time um, as well, because Mercury can represent uh, transacting in some way. Uh, yet, because we have Venus, who's currently retrograde, I wouldn't necessarily recommend making any big uh, purchases or luxury item per- purchases unless your chart is supporting that. Um, But, you know, mostly what I see here is a fruitful time to get a big picture mental view of your current situation, uh, recognizing the patterns that are at play and then aligning the mind with the shifting dynamic uh, that is life. And most importantly, what you'd like to see take place in the future, because we are getting a big picture vision here. Uh, But do take note that this is the first of three conjunctions that will play out between these two um, and will play an important role in this upcoming Mercury retrograde story. So we have our first conjunction here on October 29th. The retrograde conjunction of Mercury to Jupiter will be November 27th, and then the last conjunction when Mercury is direct again will be on December 21st. So you can expect more of your future story to unfold as the Mercury retrograde has us mulling over the expansion that we seek. So know that that this is this is a process. So you know what you're coming to at this time. Is not the end of the matter. It's uh, kind of the start of the uh, the mental brew. And so the bottom line for Monday is we are seeing the bigger picture today as Mercury meets Jupiter. And with the moon in her domicile of Cancer forming a flowing grand water trine with both the sun and Neptune, we are likely to find emotional alignment if we listen to spirit, which will be uh, speaking via the moon's trine with Neptune in Pisces. So there's going to be kind of that otherworldly feel where if we listen in, we might hear a little bit of uh, information or sense it that we can take away. Um, And, you know, our feelings can now kind of come to terms with the shifts that have been taking place recently uh, and finding security in the conclusions that are coming in. Um, But, you know, energy may drop off later in the day, especially with that trying to Neptune, uh, making this a wonderful time to spend at home, you know, sharing a meal and spending quality time with your loved ones, because that's what a moon in Cancer would like to do. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is still in Cancer, but will move to Leo um, later on in the day. It'll be about uh, 7.42 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. And along the way, she'll make an opposition to Pluto, a trine to Jupiter and Mercury, and then a square to Uranus and Venus retrograde. And so, of note, um, well, we have Mercury that's moving into Sagittarius today, so basically Mercury makes that conjunction to Jupiter and then hightails it into Sagittarius, and This will be a longer um, stay for Mercury and Sagittarius because we have that retrograde cycle that's going to be happening. So Mercury will actually be moving through um, uh, Sagittarius from October 30th until January 4th of next year. Uh, But it will briefly dip back into Scorpio to station actually near the degree that Mercury and Jupiter are making their conjunction, making Monday's transit a very important key to the Mercury retrograde story to come. Um, and just so you know Mercury will dip back into Scorpio from December 1st to December 12th so that's when some awareness may come in in that realm I was just speaking of but when Mercury oh, so Mercury in Sagittarius well you know now that Mercury moves into the I, you know I can see for days type of energy because Sagittarius is very expansive it sees the, that big picture the overall landscape um, but that can be a Challenging placement for our Mercury, who is logical, system-oriented, um, and likes you know fact-oriented uh, versatility um, that the messenger planet is essentially. So Sagittarius, being known for its Jupiterian tendency towards exaggeration, and particularly in alignment with what one believes. You know, that's where uh, Mercury and Gemini will deliver the facts, but Mercury and Sagittarius is more likely to deliver, uh, personal principles over the facts. And so I find it interesting that Mercury will be going retrograde in this sign, and especially after we have our elections here in the U.S., um, because there is a lot of belief-oriented viewpoints energizing the collective sphere. So this is likely to be a time where people's personal opinions, belief systems, and religions are highlighted, potentially causing even more derision within the populace. And quite possibly a foreshadow of the upcoming Jupiter and Sagittarius transit, but more on that next week. What I will say, and especially since Sagittarius will be the sign Mercury will be retrograding through, that this would be a very fruitful period to get in touch with your own philosophy on life and to see if those beliefs still resonate. Our minds will be tapping into a more inspirational vibe so that, you know, That strength about practical thinking may be harder to come by, you know, for more enthusiastic and inspiration, you know, but the practical may go out the window. But, you know, utilize the energy in the way it works and be aware that there is the potential to miss the trees and only see the forest. Now, the bottom line for Tuesday is that intense dreams may have permeated the night before with a super early opposition to Pluto. So write down any content you remember as it can be helpful to integrate. This is bound to be a busy day as the moon makes contacts to both Jupiter and Mercury and Uranus and Venus retrograde, bridging the emotional story of our two major transits this week. We now are protecting emotionally our newfound awareness, and that can cause tension around the breakthroughs that are building for tomorrow's Venus-Uranus opposition. Moodiness may permeate at times, especially if we are keeping our feelings under wraps in some way. In the evening, the moon moves into Leo, and our hearts may become restless. So sit with whatever arises. Now, on Wednesday, which is Halloween, our Samhain there, um, there's actually a lot going on. (laughs) So... First of note, we have uh last quarter moon will be uh, making her square in Leo, which will happen at nine forty AM here on the Pacific coast. And that's really the only aspect that the sun is making, um or excuse me, the moon is making that day, which is square the sun, which is what a uh last quarter moon is or a first quarter, depending on the position of the moon. Uh, We also have Venus making uh, her opposition to Uranus. Uh, She's retrograding back to make the second opposition there. Um, And then she will move back into Libra. Uh, Right after she makes that opposition. So there's a lot going on on Wednesday. But let's start with that last quarter moon first, which will be taking place at eight degrees and 12 minutes of Leo. And so as a brief reminder, last quarter moons are a time where we tend to have an emotional pivot point, which is called the crisis of consciousness. Tension can be felt that has us challenged into action emotionally, which is usually best navigated within the inner realms. Yet if exhibited in the outer world, its best function is to push energy and projects towards completion. With this last quarter in Leo, there is a potential for drama centered around the heart's directive to arise within us. And we know how drama can roll sometimes. So if you find yourself getting caught up in it, see how you can adjust the energy positively. Leo also holds an impressive creative function, so this may be a time where we can make some creative decisions that help us push forward with greater authenticity. Ultimately, the heart speaks, and that can create challenges or tension around us, and mostly within us. Yet paired with the Venus-Uranus energy I'm about to discuss, I think this is certainly a day of breakthrough in many ways. Now, on to Venus retrograde, meeting Uranus, who's also retrograde. Well, Venus, uh, she's retrograde, so she has us reassessing things, such as our relationships, uh, or how we relate, um, and with whom. Who do we open up to? What do we open up to? What are we valuing in life? Um, And are we embracing worth? And how balanced and harmonious do things feel? Well, with that opposition, you know, we're having an outside force that is coming, you know, pushing us for some type of choice or decision. Um, Or there's like a tug of war between two energies that are then pushing forward, you know, to to a decision of some sort. And uh, if we meet in the middle, we can get a bird's eye view. Well, what are what is Venus opposing? Well, that's Uranus, which is the planet of fast and unexpected change. When we have a turnaround around something or we are awakened in some way um, because we need liberation from something or we need to free ourselves. And this can create sudden storms in life. And so, you know, this is likely to be a pivotal point in this Venus retrograde cycle as there's a wake-up call that comes our way in respect to the Venusian themes we've been reassessing. This is not the first pass of this electric aspect, for if you look back to September 11th and September 12th, when Venus initially opposed Uranus, you are likely to get some insight into what is now being reassessed. With yet another pass to go on November 29th and November 30th, once Venus is direct. So, this is a halfway marker in this transit story. And I will take, I will say that uh, I also mentioned when Mercury made that sextile to Jupiter, the last uh, aspect to Jupiter was around the same time that Merc- or Venus made her opposition to Uranus. So, it's almost like we are repeating. In some ways uh, that week in September that that happened. (laughs) So just maybe look back and take a note there. Um, But because this opposition is happening at zero degrees of Scorpio and Taurus, there's likely an awakening in the area of where boundaries may need to be created, enforced, or removed in order to achieve the harmony that we seek, and quite possibly the objects that we desire. Perceived value has been shifting as Venus has been in her retrograde phase, and chances are the more you hone in on what you really want to open up to, there will need to be some shifting and protecting um, embraced in order to receive that desire. Relationships may be a little topsy-turvy and the unexpected could arrive on your doorstep, although it's likely that it will all be happening within inner contemplation as both planets are retrograde right now. So what, you know, what arrives doesn't necessarily have to be upsetting either, you know. It just can be surprising in some way, and it can alter our awareness. And you may even be shaking things up yourself, as there will be a sense of restlessness disturbing the peace, uh, particularly with the dramatic last quarter moon that I just spoke of. We may need to liberate ourselves from an influence, particularly in the sphere of our relations and self-worth, with internal decisions being made based on what we encounter. Our inner mechanisms are turning, and this is likely to be an important day for awareness sake, and one where you may want to deviate from the norm a little. Loosening the rigidness of emotional boundaries may be what is needed to embrace an innovative understanding that is rooted in future sustainability. And so our Venus is getting awakened today. So look for uh, that rise in uh, vibration. And so, right after she is awakened by this electric Uranus, she's going to move back into Libra, uh, which is the land of her, one of her domiciles. So, right after Venus makes that opposition, you know, she glides back into her daytime domicile of Libra. Uh, And she'll be feeling more at home in the land of the scales, which also supports her ability to embrace balanced decision-making. So much of the emotional material that has been sifted through now lightens up as the energy becomes more conceptual and based on ideals. She will be seeking internal harmony after integrating much of what she has learned since her ingress into Scorpio back on September 9th. So, we are keep coming back to this time in September. So, I hope that there will be some resolutions as she moves through her comfort zone. So, stay tuned to see how it will go down. Also, if you haven't seen episode 23 of the podcast, where Kelly Certiz and I chat about Venus retrograde, this would be a great time to take a listen. Venus will station in Libra on November 16th and will remain uh, here until moving back into Scorpio on December 2nd. And so the bottom line for Wednesday, our Halloween day, um, is with all the transits going on today, it'll likely make for a lively Halloween. And it may even be nice to put on a costume and escape at the end of the day with the moon and Leo being a perfect time to get creative with our approaches. Internal tension arises earlier on in the day with the last quarter moon, and if we are not getting the attention we desire, there can be rather dramatic displays that take place, especially with Venus retrograde feeling a bit restless. Yet there is a warmth that Leo exudes, so I think by nightfall we will be more game to kick up our heels and have some fun and embrace that Halloween spirit. And so on Thursday, the moon is still in Leo, but she will make her way into Virgo really late in the day. So I would consider Thursday uh, as a whole for being a Leo day. And on her, on her journey there, she'll uh, make an opposition to Mars. She'll square Jupiter. She'll make a sextile to Venus retrograde and then a trine to Uranus, who's also retrograde. And so there are actually no aspects happening for the rest of the week, because uh, I think we got most of our most of it out early on. So early on is going to be the uh, kind of the pivot points of the week. But, you know, the bottom line for Thursday is, is that the day may start off a little edgy as the Leo moon opposes Mars and then squares Jupiter, making the day a potentially irritable one at times. Yet there's a lot of energy to get things done and to commandeer your life in some way. And there may be the impetus to emotionally exaggerate or go a little overboard at times. So if you find that the size of your fish gets bigger every time you tell the story, pull it back a bit. And by evening, Luna will make a sweet sextile to Venus and then a trine to Uranus, which will help to move through any feelings of tension that arose earlier in the week as the two paired off in opposition. So that opposition I just spoke about, now the moon is coming in to kind of give opportunity and harmonize that a bit. And so basically, the moon is helping to bridge the Venus retrograde gap right now. And there's likely to be the opportunity for resolution or a clearing of energy that takes place in a positive way. Now, on Friday, the moon is in Virgo, uh, and she will make an early square to Mercury, uh, trying to Saturn, a sextile to the sun, and then an opposition to Neptune. And so the bottom line for Friday is, is you know, happy Day of the Dead to everyone, because it's the, the Day of the Dead, the Mexico tradition, um, which is definitely celebrated here in Southern California. I just love all the, the costumes and the, the parade, and uh, it's just a wonderful holiday. Uh, so honor, this is a great day to honor those, uh, that have passed on in your life. So keep that in the back of your mind or the front of your mind rather. (laughs) All right. So now with the moon now cruising through Virgo and making a sextile to the sun, there is a sense of harmony that breaks through the day. We are likely to wake up feeling more stable and down to earth than we have all week. We will want to tackle the day and our tasks. And if anything needs an eye for detail, this is a great day uh, to do that. By evening, that energy is likely to wear off and we may feel like we want to escape from it all with Luna in opposition to Neptune. So this would also be another fun day to dress up and take part in festivities um, because, you know, wearing a mask or a disguise can actually be rather therapeutic and fun uh, at this time. Now, on Saturday, the moon is still in Virgo and will make a trine to Pluto earlier on in the day. And so the bottom line for Saturday is, is that we are likely feeling the need to process the week a bit as we start out the day with a trying to the deep emotional territory of Pluto. This would be an excellent day to clean up the house, clear out any clutter, or to do rituals that help to purify the energy and your surroundings. Organization and putting things in their place can feel fantastic, and the mundane activities of life may even be welcomed, especially for those of us who are not so keen on those aspects of existence. This can be a great day to make healthy choices for your body and your soul, so be sure to take the opportunity. We could also use an emotional purge after the transits that have been happening this lunar month, so this would be a great day to just kind of connect with yourself, connect with your body. Uh, and just kind of clear it out. Now on Sunday, the moon will have moved into Libra and will make a sextile to Jupiter very early on, a square to Saturn, and then a sextile to Mercury. And so the bottom line for Sunday is is that this is the day when daylight savings ends. So if you are in America, be sure to fall back with your clocks. Um, I think Europe was the week before. I don't know. Why we do what we do there, but that's the facts. <laughs> now, uh, during the night, Luna slips into the balancing air energy of Libra, like, and so we wake up um, with a square to Saturn <laughs> in the morning, um, which actually may cause us to feel a little distant from our ability to relate Um, and boundaries and limitations may cause some partnership distress, yet a sextile to Mercury shortly after gives us the opportunity to talk it out or to communicate the framework we'd like to abide by. Regardless, we are likely to want to cooperate with others, as that is the nature of Libra. We may also feel the pressure of some tasks or chores that are on our plate, and in order to regain harmony, we will have to get through the lingering to-do's. Do what needs to be done and then find time for a little social activity or conversation with your friends and family. If there has been any tension from earlier in the week, this can be a a great day to smooth that over. And so really to wrap it all up, um, we have another breakthrough type of week again as Venus retrograde gets a shot of awakening from Uranus and Taurus. Mercury meeting Jupiter helps us to see the big picture of it all, and our last quarter moon in Leo is pushing us to emotionally align with our hearts and to get creative about our situation. So now let's take a look at the cards, because they always add an interesting dynamic uh, to everything I just summarized. And so this week I drew the Six of Cups as the focus and the Hanged Man as the grounding. And so with the Six of Cups as the focus, we may be feeling rather nostalgic this week, especially the first part of the week when the moon is in Cancer. Memories may flood back in and the past can look rather alluring, or we long for sweeter and simpler days. We may also find joy in spending the time to reminisce, In fact, the past may provide some insight for us this week, and if people that have been out of our lives come back in, there could be opportunity for reconnection or to make peace with something that needs resolve. Either way, it's likely to be positive. And with Venus retrograding and making prominent and unexpected moves this week, it would not surprise me in the least if past friends and loved ones kind of pop back into our awareness or we may find ourselves revisiting our family and our childhood in some way. We are remembering a part of us that feels like home, whatever that may look like for you. Now with the hangman as the grounding, we may be a little hung up in order to connect with spiritual growth and the ability to find forgiveness. Paired with the Six of Cups, we can forgive the past in order to move on to what is next. For when the hangman appears, it's quite possible that something may need to be sacrificed for the greater good, as this card finds its place right before death in the major arcana of the tarot. In this time of suspension, we can tap into our prophetic visions and the enlightenment that they can bring. There may be outer forces that are bringing about the need to surrender and sacrifice, so just go with the flow and know it will be all right in the end. Last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the giraffe. Our friend the giraffe is back again. Coincidentally or not, the giraffe last appeared in episode 20, which was the week that Mercury made its sextile to Jupiter, which was the last Ptolemaic aspect that Jupiter has received from a planet other than the moon transits. So the giraffe and Jupiter go hand in hand, which makes a lot of sense because giraffes are known for their ability to look out into the vastness and see what is in front of them. This week, we are getting a hint of foresight into our stories, and we are able to see what is in store for the future, or at the very least, what we would like to create and birth into being for the future. So if you find yourself only focusing on what is right in your face, you may be missing out on the bigger picture. So pull back, And zoom out to take a better look as we have the opportunity to gain greater clarity at this time. Because essentially, a new cycle is beginning. Everything we do in the moment adds up to the end game. So stop and see if your present actions are facilitating the long-term goal. And if not, open up to enlarged perspective on, on the matter. Now that I think of it, this would actually be an excellent week to do a vision board to help align your vision for the future. So taking the time to do such an activity may prove to be very powerful right now. So get your visions out there um, and, you know, get it on paper what it is that you see. It'll help the manifestation process. Now, if you would like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how it will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. You don't need to be an expert at the tarot. You can be just starting out because tarot is really all about practice uh, and gaining insight as you use the cards and you journal. So each week I release a new custom spread um, where you it's aligned with astrology, so you can kind of get card placements for the astrology aspects that I speak of. Um, And it's a very lightning process i have found and so last week we worked on full moon fever because we had that full moon uh in taurus and this week we're going to be working on seeing into the future since we have such a future oriented week so if you want to find out more and to check out a freebie spread you can do so on patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles okay now let's meet our guest All right, I'm so happy to welcome this week's guest, Juanita Benedicto. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, I'm so happy to be here, Mel. Oh, I'm happy to have you. Uh, Juanita did live here in San Diego, and I got one uh, one meeting with her live in person, and it was fabulous. We talked for hours, so I'm excited to have her here. Uh, but before we get started, will you tell the folks a little bit
1: about yourself? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, My name is Juanita Benedicto. I have had a lifelong interest in astrology and tarot um, and kind of played with it for the last 14 years. And then the last three years, I got really, really serious and started studying and studying and uh, have gone the traditional route using whole signed systems, but also the, the whole house system, but also, uh, you know, trying to have a modern approach as well. And so now I'm living in beautiful San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, where I work full time with astrology and tarot, braiding the two together to
0: just provide a, a helpful direction for my clients. Ah, I love it. And I just, you know, I imagine you living in paradise. That's how my, that's my envision, <laughs> Mexico. <It is> paradise. <laughs> I know. And you're in more central Mexico, right? On... Yeah, yeah. drop dead
1: in the center of Mexico. How cool! Yeah, Yeah, it's it's great.
0: Well, I definitely recommend you checking out her Instagram page, which I'm sure we'll share all the details for later, but, uh, she always has wonderful pictures, um, with the cards she shares. And sometimes you can get some of that Mexican flair in the background. <laughs> oh, and we were talking earlier how we were having spotty internet issues occasionally. So if any one of us drop out, you know, hang in there, we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm so excited this week because we are, uh, we're, it's kind of a topic, kind of not really really. It's our on-air live reading giveaway that uh, we've done for the last couple weeks, um, focusing on tarot meeting astro, which both Juanita and I uh, pair together cards with astrology. And so um, we're going to be highlighting her process here today, but I'm so excited to just you know share cuz i don't you know i'm sure a lot of practitioners out there do that but it's not all that common usually you use astrology or you use tarot um but i found that they work wonderful together um so how did you come about to discovering that for yourself yeah well i found that
1: they really complement one another and You know, I would start, somebody would want a tarot reading and if they had their birth information, I'd be, I'd dip into that to just kind of say, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like this is in alignment with their chart. Or sometimes they would just want astrology and I might pull a couple cards to confirm what I was seeing in the astrology. And then I thought... Why don't I just weave these two together? It it makes so much more sense. And I found that since doing that, the readings offer more insight. And so I start with the tarot first. Uh, using the numbers that the client has provided ahead of time, and then create the whole shell, the template from the tarot, and then confirm the messages that I'm getting from the tarot by looking at their natal chart, their progressions and their transits, and then kind of pairing, like, you know, wine food pairing, I do tarot astrology pairing, and it's it's lovely, it
0: works well. It really does. It's, it's, Surprising. And I mean, I kind of fell into it myself actually when I uh, had my original podcast that I did with Shauna McGrath called uh, The Feminine Principle, um, where we did astrology each week. And when we started that, she brought it up to me and I had had the the thought right before she brought it up to me that maybe I should bring some tarot cards in. And she's like, hey, Mel, you should bring some tarot cards in. I was like, okay, well, this is a sign. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just ever since then, I've just been having it, you know, doing it that way. And I, I love it because it's so interesting. I don't know if you find this as well, Juanita, but I find that a lot of people try to come to me for tarot over astrology, even though I think that I'm more, you know, versed in astrology. And so I was like, well, let's get these two to meet. So everybody gets Mm -hmm. the best of both worlds. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You you have a unique process though. You, you know, I'm just doing kind of a spread after the fact, blah, 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 but you have a unique numerical process that you use. Is that right?
1: Yeah. It's, it's basically come up through trial and error. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I finally found, uh, you know, this is what's going to work. And so uh, when somebody reaches out to me um, and they want to set up an appointment, what we do is they'll send me seven numbers, one through 78 for the number of tarot, cards in the tarot deck. And... Uh, then they might send me also some concerns or, or topics that they would like to cover. So then after, and I ask them to like kind of sit and meditate and be serious about this. It's not just kind of like pulling numbers out of a hat. It's, it's really setting an intention, asking for guidance. What do they want from this? And they set up like this sacred space and time to meditate on those numbers and send them to me. Once I receive the numbers i then i'm feel connected to that person and they're in my mind i look for signs around me for instance once there was a walking stick the little insect on my door for 2 days while i was working like in contact with this client and i used the walking stick in with the reading as well as part of the symbolism so I will then lay out the 78 cards and then I will take their numbers and then I count out the numbers that they've given me. And then those correspond to the tarot questions. And so then I turn those over, match them to the tarot, work on the tarot. And as I'm working with the tarot, I'm looking at their chart for confirmation. So if they just pulled like The first card is Ten of Swords. You know, I know that they've just gone through something pretty dramatic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll look for their chart, like what's happening that speaks to this energy right now. And so the two kind of weave together in in a holistic, beautiful
0: way, I find. Yeah. Cause it really does. It reinforces the message. And it's funny cause you pull the cards first and then you look for the message in the astrology. And I like to look at the astrology and then I look for the additional messages in the tarot. So we have like kind of like our approaches are backwards, but they still come to the same type of like conclusion in the end. Um, yeah. I used to look to the
1: astrology first but it would sidetrack me. Mm. Um, for instance, there's so much in a chart, and so then I would then I said, you know what? What happens if I go to the tarot first and really trust that these cards are showing up for a reason? And so now I go to the tarot first because in the chart I can really, really kind of get deep in sort of like the interesting things happening in the chart. What I feel the client really needs to hear
0: is the message that the tarot is providing. Mm, I love it. I'm going to give it a try too. So I'm (laughs) going to do a little reversal and try it out myself, but I love the number idea because especially if you're doing more remote readings, because a lot of times I'm, you know, doing consultations for people locally. So we get to sit out and actually participate in the spread together. But when you're not in the same environment, uh, you know, it's a it's a little different. It's not any less effective. Um, but I love that creative, um, that creative bench you put on it because you're involving the, the querent, you're involving the client to be able to meditate on what the numbers are going to come that will come to them. And I think that is, is a very cool process. And so I'm excited to pair it up with our, the winner of our reading <laughs> this week, yes. Myla. Myla. And so, um, if you're just tuning in or hadn't heard the previous episodes, um, we did a uh, giveaway, uh, for the patrons of the podcast where they could submit a question of importance along with four numbers. So basically we're, uh, Juanita is going to provide a, kind of a half reading, right? Like, you'd normally pull about seven or eight cards. Yes. And so we're doing a little abbreviated of a version. Um, but yeah. So Carrie from Mel, well, uh, yes. So Juanita is going to be saying what she sees. I'm going to see, say what I see. We're probably going to see a lot of similarities. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Um, and so, uh, thank you for all the patrons who submitted their questions and their numbers. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do something like this again soon. Um, because, you know, I like to support the people who support me. Um, but our winner this, for this particular reading was Myla. Um, and so I'm going to give her birth information. Um, and we're no last names here or anything. Uh, but I thought, you know, for those reading, uh, you know, listening along who like to look at charts, you're going to want to look at some of this. Now, Mila was born on March 18th, 1979 uh at 7 a.m in culver city california and i hope it, you're close to that milo on that 7 a.m <laughs> because that is a very rounded number but luckily her ascendant um and her moon all kind of fall you know in in signs that are not they're not going to be contested for time um so yeah all right well juanita where should we get started
1: well why don't we talk about uh the four cards so um that what they what they mean okay. the first card that was pulled is Milo right now. the second card that was pulled is what's in the way. the third card is a positive step forward and we'll end with the fourth card a piece of advice. Mm. So for the first card, you know, Mila sent her four numbers to me, and I counted them out and pulled the nine of cups for
0: Mila right now. So oh, then, yeah. Well, you know, it just occurred to me, Juanita. I didn't say Mila's question. Oh, oh yes, go, go. <laughs> yes. Let's see our question of importance. I'm like, wait, what's what are we missing here? Okay, yeah. so Mila asked, um, and this will. I think fallen with our nine of cups here. Um, her question of importance was regardless of how hard I work, it's always two steps forward and three steps back, especially with money. How can I overcome this? Okay. okay. Sorry, nine of cups.
1: (laughs) You know, we see nine of cups, and it's a gorgeous card. And when you're in the nine of cups, there's a deep feeling of gratitude for where you're at in your life. It can feel almost like a transcendent moment where you become aware of how beautiful life is. And despite setbacks and despite that things aren't perfect, you're truly thankful for your life and for everything in it. There's a Of harmony and of dreams coming true, um, the Nine of Cups feels like a full heart moment. And this can be a time where you think, I'll always remember this. When I'm lying on my deathbed someday, I'll remember this feeling and this time in my life. Now, when we get to any nine in the tarot, it means that we're almost to the 10, which is the completion of a cycle. This card could mean that Myla's putting the finishing touches on something, or she's clearing out an old pattern, or she's preparing for a new beginning as she moves forward to complete a cycle. Now, this is a beautiful card, you know, and, and we'll talk about more of Myla's stuff going on. On right now because she's going through some pretty deep transformative transits and progressions. So to get such a like heart opening beautiful card it, and it's so positive may not exactly speak to what her circumstances are but I believe that tarot always gives you the message that you need to hear. So what Mila needs to hear from this card right now is that she has a beautiful life and a beautiful chart. One of the main features in her chart that aligns with the Nine of Cups is her grand water trine. She has a Pisces Sun a Cancer Jupiter and a Scorpio Scorpio Moon in the natural water houses, the fourth house, the eighth house, and the twelfth house. So besides being hugely intuitive and most likely psychic, Mila has this natural buoyancy. She has a joyful luminosity. And what I mean by that is that she has an optimism in life, which is also emphasized by her ninth house, Sagittarius. There's this inherent faith in life that even in hard times she has the ability to keep her chin up. There's a grace and beauty to her enthusiastic spirit that's quite compelling. So even if things are going the wrong way, she's uh like the heavy duty Pluto transits she's currently experiencing, she's got a grace that transcends the difficulty. Another thing I noticed about the nine of cups energy in her chart is that in the present moment, Jupiter is activating that grand water trine. So at 27 degrees Scorpio. Jupiter is currently trining her 12th house sun, which is also at 27 degrees Pisces. It's trining her natal Jupiter in Cancer, and it's conjunct her 8th house moon in Scorpio. So I imagine that there's a sense of flow right now, or even a removal of obstacles. There's movement forward in creative, artistic, or spiritual endeavors, and she might feel a bit expansive and willing to open herself up to trying something new this might be a breakthrough in healing for instance going to a retreat or finding a great therapist to work with or engaging in plant ceremonies there's all sorts of ways we could piece the symbolism together of the fourth eighth and twelfth as well as the water signs but i would lean towards her her eighth house moon because the moon is her her chart ruler this year. And what I mean by that is each year, one of the houses sort of gets the microphone. They they stand up in the stage. The topics of that house are emphasized. So at 39 years of age, Myla's fourth house has the microphone this year. And the ruler of her fourth is the moon, which lives in her eighth house. So at this point, if I was talking directly to Myla, I would ask her, does this resonate? And and to invite her what she's experiencing. Mm, I love it. I love
0: all the the water trying. Because it's true. She has this flowing aspect. And especially emotionally um, in her chart. Like tapping into that that compassionate, caring vibe. Um, And... Especially with the moon being, okay, I have to say that I find it very appropriate, A, that she even won the, the thing because <laughs> because we announced the winner on the full moon in Taurus, which is our second house, uh, and Mercury was in conjunct junction with her moon in the eighth house, uh, in that moon, her moon is conjunct Uranus and the full moon was conjunct Uranus and surprise, she won. (laughs) And she's having that fourth house uh, moon perfection year as well. And so it seems rather um, fitting that we are talking about her um, and at this particular time, like Juanita and I were both saying how, when we looked at the chart, we kind of like lit up, like we got excited about it because there's a lot here, Myla, to, to be working with. Um, and I I absolutely agree it's it's good to you know I I think part of the nine of cups with Milo right now is you know, she wants her wish to be granted. It's good to feel grateful for where you are right now. But I think sometimes when we want when the nine of cups comes up and we might not have, have our wish yet. Uh, this is a time where we can look into what it is. we tr- What will truly satisfy and fulfill us um, in ways, because, you know, being a nine, it resonates with the hermit card. And so there's the going in of sorts. Um, and because, you know, the guy can be a little smug on the traditional, <laughs> the traditional card. You know, I have seen it likened to the desire for material success versus the Ten of Cups, which is more that spiritual and emotional success. And I think with Venus retrograding right now, because Venus is her second house ruler, she her second house is governed by Taurus. And so it makes so much sense that she is going back over this right now um, and having to deal, you know, looking at her own material desires and sometimes, you know, making money for money's sake, because Taurus in the second house is going to want security. You're going to want something that you can rely on. And if you don't have that or you don't perceive that you have that, that can be very emotionally unsettling, especially with a moon conjunct Uranus in Scorpio you know there this I could see how that would play out so I'm wondering with the nine of cups in this position if um maybe it's time to tap into to see what would really satisfy her going forward um and satisfy that Venus and how perfect that Venus is retrograde as we're taping this Venus is conjuncting the sun so hopefully this moment of (laughs) Venusian clarity will then transpire to Transfer over to uh, Mila.
1: Yeah, I I think the Nine of Cups for Mila right now could be a message. Dare to dream.
0: Mm. Dare
1: to dream. Your wishes can come true. Yeah. Tap into your gifts and who you are.
0: I love that. That's a fantastic message. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know where to go next.
1: Next card. So the next card, card number two, what's in the way and what's in the way is eight of cups reversed. So we're on a cups theme, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, there's still maybe some kind of unfinished business. Um, And again, if we go back to Myla's question, it was regardless of how hard I work, it's always two steps forward and three steps back, especially with money. How can I overcome this? Um, So the Eight of Cups reversed. The Eight of Cups shows up when we know it's time to walk away from a person or a situation that's held our integrity hostage for too long. This can be a job that you've outgrown. This can be a relationship that has completely lost its pulse. There's a choice here that calls for courage, which she has plenty of with that Aries on the ascendant Mm -hmm. and recognition, making a choice actually exists. So this might even be that somebody close to her has died and that she's shaken to the core and it's just hard to let go. So, so many times, We keep on, we just, hold on, we just keep on um, holding on to things that no longer serve us. Uh, we think, you know, how am I going to uh, put food on the table if I walk away from this job? Or how can I say no to the uh, wedding when we've already sent out the invitations and hired a super fancy photographer? Or, you know, how can we turn away from what is asking to be walked away from? Sometimes I think of the eight of cups reversed as you've got your spiritual GPS on and it says you need to take this exit. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, this highway is going to get me there much faster than this. <laughs> well, but the GPS knows that up ahead, if you keep going that way, you're going to be forced off. There's either an accident up there or there's something that's going to, that's going to prevent you to getting to where you need to go. So the Eight of Cups right now, what's in the way reversed is that she needs to align with what her spiritual GPS is telling her. Maybe that's walking away from something. Maybe that's letting go. Maybe that's a severe course direction change. Course, what's the word? Course uh, change? Uh, That (laughs) sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and that, that's hard to do. That's a really hard thing to do.
0: Yeah. And well, and if we think about eight of cups, I mean, we're, we're once again back on the emotional matter. Like I think a lot of what Myla is dealing with, and especially this being a moon perfection year in the fourth house is foundational matters, our emotional foundation and how that is helping her or not so much. Um, because, maybe there is something that she has to move away from emotionally, like the eight of cups, uh, you know, upright, and, and she's just not doing that or, or she's, you know, trying all these other avenues and kind of wandering around aimlessly, um, you know, thinking something's going to work here or something's going to work here, but really it's like this foundational issue that has to be changed before she's going to be able to, uh, you know, fully move on and, and get to this, this, like you're saying, we're looking for the spiritual exit here mm-hmm. uh, because I think like what I'm seeing a lot with some of the cards that we pull and some of her transits and having that second house, um, Taurus, um, uh, Venus ruler for there is that, you, and okay, so much to talk about. I don't even know how to get it yeah. out here. Okay. So well, let her mid heaven in, you know, that career point, because usually career, you know where how we get money is usually tied up with our career and what we do for a living and our work lives um and her in her midheaven is in capricorn at 11 degrees capricorn for the 7am birth time um and then that is disposed by Saturn who is in Virgo conjunct her North node in the sixth house of work and daily routine and things like this. Um, And having Saturn in Virgo, you know, Virgo needs something meaningful that needs a purpose. Um, And so I'm wondering if what Myla is doing for work right now or how she's been approaching it has been, you know, going for things for money's sake or like this has a good wage or I think this will work or I can stand this or, you know, or I don't like this place I'm going to move here. And so maybe there's like a a wandering quality that happens where she's going from job to job, um, you know, for that mutability (laughs) standpoint Mm -hmm. with Virgo. Um, But really, maybe what needs to be broken through here is more of that purpose, because that second house ruler and how she's going to get that livelihood and that money is Venus, who is in Aquarius. Uh, and happens to be square the moon. So I'm thinking there's some emotional tension, especially Mm -hmm. since the moon is conjunct Uranus, where the moon can get in the way of her own self-worth and her own value. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking that a lot of this eight of cups re- reversed um business might be you know around that that meaningful spiritual work and with that venus in aquarius um aquarius wants to to help and be of, be of good for you know nonprofits humanitarian pursuits um all that type of stuff so Yes, Milo, what are you doing for work? That is the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I, or what do you want to do for work? Is yes. You know, when when so I take the eight of cups reversed and when I paired it with her astrology and her chart, um, I see that Milo's ascendant is in Aries. So that means her chart ruler is Mars, which operates from her 12th house. So we look to the chart ruler to see how capable... The ruler is it's job, which is to steer us in the proper direction, one which feels aligned and right for us. Now, in traditional astrology, planets are a bit debilitated in the twelfth house. This is because they can't see the ascendant, the power point of the chart where life starts. So, this place in the twelfth house puts her Mars at a bit of a disadvantage. As Kelly Surtees likes to say, and I love, her CEO is hungover. <laughs> so, Which is very fitting for so, Pisces. <laughs> so, yeah, just a little hungover, that CEO. It's like, come on, where are you driving us to? I didn't say, you know, he's liking to take the scenic route. So, you know, fiery Mars is not well placed in Pisces. Pisces is receptive, sensitive, and emotional, which is quite different from the dominant and aggressive Mars. Uh, Pisces can kind of drown out Mars's drive and surging power. Basically, muscular Mars is a bit bloated in Pisces. Um, Further, in Mila's chart, Mars is opposed Saturn. Hmm. And the two planets are doing a somewhat challenging dance that can look like two steps forward and one step back. Exactly what she was talking about. Mars, her chart ruler, wants to take action, to leap on instinct, to engage uh, bravery, brave and courageous action. While Saturn is advising, well, hold off like in wait for mastery, be patient. If you're going to do something, do it well, say it well. So there's a pull between action and pulling off for the right time. And the key here is to work with Saturn to gain confidence and mastery needed so that Myla feels comfortable in letting Mars off the leash. Mm. And one other thing here is that she's currently experiencing neptune conjunct mars so her chart ruler has you know the fog of neptune has rolled in yeah <laughs> so this could be this could be kind of a confusing time kind of like I I don't know what my, what my options are. Maybe I have too many options or how can I do this? So with Neptune conjunct her Mars, her chart ruler, things are just a bit foggy right now. She's, she's unsure of what to go, where or how to go. So the key right now is to trust, trust that everything is working for you and not to you and maybe go a little bit slowly. And I'm looking at my notes here from, from that, um, Neptune conjunct Mars and the timing and it looks like Neptune conjunct Mars is February 2018 to March 2019. So maybe just put things in the pot right now and see, you know, cook them a little bit. Um, and come, you know, spring of 2019, she might be more willing to to step forward and have more clarity in her action.
0: Yes, and I can see some transits coming up for that that we'll talk about here later. But I, you know, I want to pull back to that Mars uh, opposition to Saturn, and especially that Neptune is you know conjuncting Mars right now because that means you know your action if it's a little bit hungover that CEO of the chart um, and in Pisces a double-bodied sign that's kind of can go a couple directions at once, um, and then Neptune is adding some fog to that, and so actions might not necessarily pan out in the best of ways right now, or what we try to go after or go towards it might disintegrate within our, our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if that, you know, two steps forward three steps back is really aligned with the idea of Mars conjunct her South node opposing Saturn, who's conjunct her North node. So when she makes movements, um, you know, especially from maybe, uh, you know, a desire realm (laughs) to fall into that nine of cups where I was thinking about more material success. Um, Because Mars is conjunct that south node, you know, that south node can siphon us. That can cause, you know... uh, setbacks in many ways especially if we operate from that and because Saturn's conjunct the north node and looking for her to like you said be patient be persistent be determined um look at the details find the meaningful work like that's the that's a lot of what I'm seeing here is finding the right work and I think a lot of what hasn't panned out is because she's been entertaining and going towards all these different options or maybe not you know kind of being like a slippery fish and not staying in the you know the the Saturn lane, you know, to some extent. And so that's just kind of what I saw right away there. So, oh, I, let's see. Juanita, are you still here? We have a little uh, glitch. Oh, I think we're back. Yes, (laughs) Yes, you are. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that got that. <laughs> we're still recording here. So I think it got me and I think you might've missed what I said, but that's okay. Um, it's funny cause we're on zoom. And then I was looking at Juanita and she was looking at me with this intense stare that just wasn't blinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think she's here. Um, but I'm going to trust that the recording still picked up what we said. Um, and I was just talking about Juanita, her, uh, the mars being conjunct the south node and saturn being mm. conjunct the north node yes yeah so yes
1: well so let's let's um encourage myla a little bit what can she do you know what's a positive step forward you know now that she kn- she probably knows this about herself <laughs> yes go <laughs> um, like, oh, tell me something i don't know <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay and what can i do uh, <laughs> So a positive step forward, here we find the magician reversed was the card that was pulled. So the magician is here to let Mila know that she can do this. She just has to believe in herself. She has the talent, life experiences, emotional intelligence, and enoughness to make it happen. It's time to explore those latent talents and gifts. Let your joy guide you, Myla. This card reminds me of the saying that I've seen on Instagram that goes something like, the difference between them and you is that they believe they could do it. Mm. This is about going for it, taking a chance and not letting the idea of failure get in your way of a best effort. You know, I think the best way to learn tarot is to embody the cards. So whenever, especially the major arcana, to think of a person or an event in your life that really speaks to that card for you. And for me, the magician is represented by this woman who started a Kickstarter and her Kickstarter was to plant a million redwood trees and a native nursery to combat climate change and species loss. And it was such a big uh, thing, the big kickstarter. And I'm thinking, how is she going to do this all by herself? But she brought out her inner magician and she just gathered all these people around her. And it was almost by sheer will and belief in this project that she was able to get this thing to go. Um, and so as I was watching her, any anyone who's in the magician, people kind of watch in awe and wonder. <laughs> As you say, I claim this for myself. I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen. And then you go do it, and everyone around you is like, "What? You know, oh my God, she's actually doing it!" and And you inspire other people. So a positive forward, a positive step forward for Mila is to her magician's reversed right now. He's in there and he's just waiting to to work for her, but she has to summon her inner magician who knows how to move one step at a time, taking all the fears and insecurities with her to make the changes that she wants to see in her life. Now, Um, Before I pair this with her astrology, did you
0: want to say anything about the magician reversed? Well, no, I was just thinking that the exact same things essentially is like untapped potential that is there to be worked with. And maybe part of that untapped potential is, um, you know, deeming or is deemed from some you know self-worth issues and uh we we we're, we're going to talk about some Chiron here in a little bit because that's a very potent thing but i think that taps into a lot of why some of this potential is untapped within her um and i think that you know just to quickly throw in a, a astrology related thing the fact that uranus is going to be uh transiting her second house for the next 7 mm-hmm. years like I, I have a feeling this is the time when, you know, that vibration is gonna rise and things are gonna be unearthed and she's gonna see that magician start to rise even more. She might like give new things a try, that she's like, Oh wow, I didn't know I was so good at this or, you know, uh because essentially it's about using to, uh, the magician is about learning to work with your power, especially in an alchemical way. And you can kind of summon the spirit to come down. Uh, but reverse, you know, that wand is pointing at the earth. And so I'm wondering what needs to be, Um, how she can embrace her power here on earth and maybe in a way that, you know, can transform her situation to a better one. And through that, there might be some destruction that comes about, Uh, especially not in anything that's going to harm us or, you know, anything along those lines, but destruction in a way that is going to facilitate a better road down the way. Because if we choose, you know, saying no or shutting down one area of our life uh, is saying yes to another one, essentially. And so I'm wondering, if maybe she needs to kind of say no to outdated patterns that have are that are suppressing her power in some way and keeping that potential under wraps mm-hmm.
1: yeah well said well said yeah and that also kind of speaks to what's holding her back you know the eight of cups reversed you know, yes she's kind of you know stuck in this pattern and, and not
0: taking the spiritual exit. Oh, I just got an idea Juanita. Um, well, when I think of, cause I'm, let's pull back to her Scorpio moon here, you know, conjunct Uranus, like there's going, her moon is going to be uh, the Scorpio moon. it's a hard place to have a moon uh, as the Capricorn moon says that. Um, <laughs> but it's true it's a very deep and intense moon and with uranus there you know and especially with the moon you know separating from uranus there might have been some nurturing or emotional issues early on in life that have caused her to be a little restless or to have like kind of the security is just not always there um and i'm wondering if when i think of scorpio and i think of the eight of Cups reversed, because Scorpio can have like the cyclical—I don't know if I'm saying that (laughs) right—the cycle of of thinking or not even thinking emotions that we run the same story, the same you know how feeling over and over again, and it's much like the Eight of Cups reversed. It's just wandering that same emotional zone once you know round and around and around, and so I'm wondering if you know the magician reverse is like, hey, okay. Let's, let's call that a day. Use your power to be like, this isn't going to work anymore. You know, it's, it's not helping. So how can I emotionally move forward, especially with that fourth house moon perfection that's going on right now? Like, what does that emotional foundation look like? What are those past childhood conditioning and family, family conditioning that is, you know, essentially, uh, from a behind the scenes and under, you know, subconscious type of, um, uh, point of access it is it's disrupting things and so that's that's just what I would uh say to look at real quick or forever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lifelong things
1: <laughs> well and to kind of riff off on what you're saying you know I look at her 12th house son uh that's trying her moon and you know uh, the 12th house Demetri George says is the womb of the soul I love that because The 12th house is often the deep karmic it's the it's the past it's the things that we don't see it's it's the environment of the womb literally when you were a, a fetus growing in your mother it's the things that you don't remember in childhood before you were undifferentiated between yourself and your parents and the people in your life so you were this giant sponge that took on the feelings and and you know they became everything was you you were just one giant unit that's all Twelve house. 12th house is also ancestral pain and trauma that uh, can get carried on. It's the, the collective, the unconscious. And sometimes it's my belief that people with a strong 12th house signature have signed up to carry and purify that collective trauma or that ancestral trauma. Um, and so this could be a time that she knows she has a mission. She's, she's compelled. She's starting to hear the summons, but her, you know, her second house Taurus and, uh, her need for stability and practical thinking and, um, uh, you know, There could be a scarcity mindset that if I actually go and do this thing, how am I gonna? How am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna survive? But but with that twelfth house sun and the things that you just talked about, her eighth house moon are are summoning her right now. You signed up for these things for a reason. It's Mm -hmm. time to get busy. Yeah, and so you know, back to a, a positive step forward. We're talking about like she has the goods. She's got these talents and these gifts. And, and right now, if I pair this with her astrology, she's uh, now her progressed moon is in a new moon phase. This started about eight months ago where she came into a new moon phase. And she's, she's shedding her old skin. She's starting an entirely new cycle. This is the time to start vision boarding manifesting, intention setting. It's time to get that inner magician working for her and setting goals and cultivating those new moon seeds. Um, and if the magician doesn't answer right away, it could be that he's held up with Chiron in her chart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we look to Chiron in our charts to identify our original wounding. This is the wound we know we carry. It's also the crack where the light shines through. Thank you, Leonard Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when we work with Chiron to identify our vulnerability and where we might hide in the shadows to nurse our wounds, which a twelfth house son is very good at doing, we alchemize our limiting stories to ones about empowerment not only to us, but empowerment of others. So Mila has Chiron in her second house of Taurus, like we've been saying, and this can show up as a wounding to one's self-esteem, their sense of self-worth, not feeling good enough, not feeling valued, not trusting that one has the capability or even the opportunity to make it on their own and to provide for themselves. Right now, Mila's progressed son is sitting right on top of Chiron and transiting Chiron is conjunct her son so we could say that Myla chose that year 39 would be the time where she addressed her fears of inadequacy and inhibitions um and where she looked at her original script The one that still has these woundings around her skills and her talents and her abilities to provide for herself and her family if she has one. This ties in with the Eight of Cups reversed. When we ask what's in the way, what's in the way of the old stories of not enoughness that's holding her magician hostage. And the good news is I have a feeling that she's dealing with it. Life is sending her the perfect experiences and the perfect people and the perfect messages to test those outdated hypotheses in hopes that she'll release a new version of herself with this new moon.
0: Mm, I love it. And, you know, we we very may be some of those people that are helping out, you know, considering the, you know, she was chosen... (laughs) on the full moon in Taurus conjunct, you know, like we're, we're taking part in the process and I'm glad that we are because you're absolutely right. Like this is very much her getting in touch with that wound, um, that, you know, like, and it could be that poverty consciousness type type of wound, you know, especially since we're dealing with some Pisces planets. Uh, she is all really concerned about security with that, you know, second house being in Taurus, um, which is not a bad thing because, you know, when we think about old age and we got to be, it's, it's good to have that, but being so focused on it can also uh, be what disrupts things like the magician reversed from, you know, getting into that tap potential, maybe taking a chance here and there on things. Um, and so, yeah, it, the, the, Chiron, yes. The fact that transiting Chiron is conjunct her natal sun, and and the progressed sun is conjunct her natal Chiron. Like you can't make this stuff up. This is this is very important right now, and she's tapping into those things. And the thing with Chiron is that. It's the wound that doesn't heal. So we have to, you know, we gain a lot of information around it. And I think she's at a pivotal point of her life. Like I absolutely agree, you know, you're 39. This is Mila, you're you're figuring this out right now. You're feeling it out. Um but just know if it still plagues you from time to time as you work through it. That's part of it. The wound will reopen we'll, we'll try to heal it some more, but you know, the, the myth with Chiron is it it's, it's unending. It doesn't heal, but we can make it as, as m- much, uh, you know, as we can work with it by using our wisdom because Chiron was also a very wise healer teacher, you know, philosopher type of person. So let's get that wisdom in there to see where maybe some of these wounds just don't make sense for you anymore. Like they just don't logically, you know, practically, you know, pan out. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. You know, when Pluto's kind of doing a doozy on
0: Yes. One or two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, Mila. <laughs> I've had my own Pluto transits. I feel you, girl. Yeah, you know, Pl- Pluto
1: is square uh, natal Pluto, and it's also square her ascendant. And in her chart natally, Pluto opposes her ascendant. So you know if we talk about pluto opposing the ascendant this is this could be a signature of giving your power away you know or attracting powerful people in your life that reflect your own power back to you but you project that power out on them until you learn to embody your own power and as she's going through these these transits these deep purgative, purifying Pluto transits. This is like going into Hades and this is bringing up all the dredge and seeing, you know, what's true? Like, where have I given my power away? What is real for me in terms of emotional depth and intimacy with others? And this is a time where all this is coming to the surface to be healed and to sort of upgrade, you know, who she is and how she presents herself to the world. So it's it's an exciting time for her, and I, you know, it'd be really interesting to talk to her about
0: how all of this is, you know, unfolding for her. Yes, Milo, we might have to do a Zoom call. Um, <laughs> well, and it's interesting too. Uh, also, if when we're looking at the progress chart here, how her Mercury, or excuse me, her Venus has progressed into Aries and is exactly square um, uh, transiting Saturn right now. Like transiting Saturn is putting pressure uh, you know, and getting close to conjuncting her mid-heaven on that Venus. So she's yeah. feeling that pressure right now. Um and Venus and Aries, even though it can be a debilitating position because Venus likes compromise and you know, all those types of things, but maybe this is not a debilitating position for Mila in particular, because Mila yeah. needs to not, you know, like maybe step up and, and use that power um Uh, to get that, you know, the resources and the the sustenance and sustainability that she's looking for in life so she can feel that security. But yes, you're going to have to rise up and use that power once again.
1: Yes. The, you know, the progressed Venus in Aries is advocating for her. It's her advocate. It's saying, think of your needs and what you need right now and yourself and go for that. You can do it. You know, in Aries, Venus has to operate on her own devices. Mm-hmm. She's not, you know, in her fall, she's not having all this, these help attracting. She has to go out and get it. So Venus as an advocate in Aries is saying, you know, not in these words exactly, but I want to say be selfish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, think of yourself. Put yourself first. Oh yeah. And is that easy for a Pisces to do? it's not unless they have their Venus and Aries.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, we found it very appropriate that we got Mila as the chart because Juanita has plenty of Pisces energy. And so it seemed rather fitting that you were speaking to her.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. No, she's, I love her chart. She's really, you know, when I looked at her chart, the first thing I thought is that she's a spiritual warrior. You know, she's got some badass energy in here that is it that's a full-on compliment and you know this time she signed up for this time and this is you know transforming her She's in the cocoon ready to come out as a butterfly and i think the reason that she got such a beautiful first card which was the nine of cups like your dreams coming true the wish card is to tell her you're on the right path like, this is you, and you've got that natural optimism. So whatever spiritual quest, whatever hero's journey that you took on, you're getting there. You're getting there, and you can do this with this joy and the inherent
0: optimism that you feel in life. Mm, yes, yes, yes. It is a very beautiful chart, I have to say. Um, and I think, you know, and I there's just plenty going on right now that really facilitate the things that we're talking about right now. I can't reiterate enough, you know, Venus is currently retrograde that are looking at these issues because Venus only doesn't go retrograde all that often. Um, and to do so uh, in the sign that is opposite her second house, you know, in the eighth house there, uh, she's getting a lot of insight right now. And I have to say uh, that the week that this episode is airing we have venus retrograde opposing uranus and so i think that this week alone just having you know and it might not just be us talking about it it might be what she experiences out there in the world and her own conclusions on an internal level you know i think as as quickly as this week myla is going to be getting some awareness and an awakening around these issues
1: yeah it's all connected It's all connected. And and this offering here is just a part of many messages that she's receiving to step in and to heed the
0: summons. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we have one more card to go, right? (laughs) (laughs) The
1: last card is a piece of advice. And this piece of advice comes from the page or the maiden of pentacles. So the page of Pentacles, uh, she reminds us that success doesn't come overnight, but with persistence and ambition, it will arrive. She shares that it's okay to be uncertain and wobbly when we first start unpacking our vision and that this is all part of the process. A person has to be willing to go through birthing pains and put time in to achieve excellence. Sometimes in this process, the ego will take a hit as we make mistakes. No biggie. Just brush yourself up and get back up again. The the page of pentacles reminds us to be practical. Invest time into study and practice, moving one step at a time, which I believe Milo's Saturn would love this advice. (laughs) Cultivate your vision in the space of one year, Myla's going to look back on her path and see how far she's come. Um, So when I looked to her astrology, um, I paired it with, her 10th house so the pentacles rule the earth signs so Saturn entered Capricorn last December and when it did it began influencing Mila's 10th house of career public life reputation and societal recognition so for the next two and a half years as Saturn transits Capricorn Myla's gonna experience reality checks as Saturn goes around kicking the tires, so to speak, of her 10th house. A really important time for Myla will be at the end of December, 2018, When Saturn passes over her midheaven and trines her natal Saturn, this could be a time of stepping up and accepting a new role of responsibility, or she could receive an important recognition at this time, or Milo will be rolling up her sleeves and making a serious commitment to diligently working on something that will pay off with real results in time. This is all Saturn speak.
0: Mm. Well, and it's perfect Juanita because her progressed sun is trying her progressed Saturn is, uh, the the way that's retrograding back, it's getting really tight here. Um, and then just that progressed sun and well, and then Chiron, her progressed Chiron is exactly trying her, her natal Saturn there. And so she's getting a reinforcement through that, you know, progressed awareness of the wound that needs to change, you know what she would like to, you know, new uh, work that she would like for herself because Saturn does sit in the sixth house, um, and so I I agree, especially that the end of december like you're saying and also we have that uh partial solar eclipse that will be happening on january 5th which will be uh conjunct her midheaven uh and saturn will be exactly conjunct there as well so i look at this as another representative of a completely new chapter beginning with her work and career because that midheaven point is in capricorn which is you know represented by saturn who is in that sixth house um so I think that you know, over the, the first six months of 2019, there's going to be a lot of movement there. Um, but you know, we always have to think of Saturn and its nature in general. Um, and back to the advice you gave earlier, you know, we got to think about patience, persistence, endurance, looking at the long term, taking your time with it. Uh, Aries rising, <laughs> not necessarily one to take the time with things, and so that might be part of the challenge that is taking place. Um, but I, you know, it, it seems to all be panning out in, in ways that are going to be strengthening her. And, um, so I love the, having the page of pentacles or the maiden of pentacles, uh, in case you want to know how it translates into the, you know, rider weight. Um, and I think having the page of pentacles there too, you know, if we think of, just pages to begin with you know this brings news so chances are maybe some news is going to come down here um, that you'll you'll hear about um and pentacles you know as being an earth sign it's more receptive so you got to be you might have to be receptive to what comes in and be open to it because that's the thing with venus too is um, you know venus opens up it receives doesn't go after it, you know, takes in and embraces. Um, and so there might be some boundary issues there that, you know, you know, how open are you to what comes your way as well? Um, and once again, that page of pentacles, I think really taps into making a difference as well and finding that meaningful, purposeful work and like starting it from scratch and building it up, you know? Um, and, and using your resources in a way like, cause the page is, you know, like a teen, it's not even a teenage, it's more of a childlike energy. And so it has to learn, um, to embody this even more. So I think of this as also a fresh start around, that that type of energy as well and i will note that mercury uh once mercury moves into sagittarius which is doing this week um and then we'll be retrograding uh back and forth through this area uh mercury will be squaring her natal saturn um uh, which is the sixth and tenth ruler so i think this whole mercury retrograde period is also going to be tapping into uh an understanding of what she would like to do next in those areas or having news come to her or she communicates to other people um what's what's next in that realm
1: yeah it, it, so you're you mentioned about news coming to her and and also the eclipse so she's going to be experiencing the eclipses next year are going to be on her fourth and 10th house access as they happen in Cancer and in Capricorn. So eclipses act as accelerants. They, they kind of put you on the fast track, um, ready or not, here we come. <laughs> so she might be receiving news or things might be happening that, you know, she's just got to hold on and go for it. and. She's, I like the page also kind of thinking about the beginning because she is in a new moon phase right now. And, uh, things aren't, she could be like cultivating different seeds, seeing which ones take, which ones don't, but it's time for a new cycle. You've outgrown something. It's time to move forward with your new self. And basically the advice is just go for it. Call on your inner magician who's waiting for you to put him to work. And know that your Mars, your chart ruler, likes taking the scenic route. But if you pacify your Saturn, who needs you to be well-prepared, Mila, thorough, and commit to excellence, you'll succeed.
0: Mm-hmm. What a wonderful way to end it because I know that we could talk about this chart probably <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll end it there. But, oh, my gosh, Juanita, thank you so much for, um, you know, pulling these, creating this opportunity for Myla and our listeners, uh, for us to go through this process.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this and I love talking about Myla's chart and tarot.
0: Yes, me too. I'm very much so, Um, we'll have, maybe we will revisit this once again. (laughs) Um, but in the meantime, let people know where they can find you and what you got going on.
1: Sure. You. My website is 12thhousereadings.com. It's all spelled out. Um, you can find me there. I'm starting to offer workshops here in San Miguel de Allende on beginning astrology. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, basically connecting with clients and offering readings and offering heart energy service for sure.
0: Oh, I love it. And Juanita is just so sweet, but like on point too, like, (laughs) and I highly recommend checking out her Instagram page as well, which is at 12th house readings. Um, Yeah. yeah. Cause you, you're what you do like tarot challenges and stuff like that on
1: there. Um, I, I do and I don't. So, uh, sometimes I'll find a challenge that appeals to me, but mostly my Instagram is my creative outlet where I love photography. So I'll pull a card and just carry it on my person for a day or two until I find the right place to photograph it. Uh, so the the tarot is my muse. <laughs> oh. And then and then um, I'll just, you know, write a description. So sometimes it's like medicine for the day, or sometimes it's following a challenge. But, you know, for all, all your beginners out there who are learning tarot, this is really the best way to learn tarot is by, you know, do pulling cards for yourself. You know, whether you do one card a week, one card a day, just getting in the habit of, of pulling cards um, will, and establishing that connection. It's like cultivating a new best friend.
0: Mm, yes, because it takes, you know, it takes time. It takes uh, understanding after understanding. And if anybody wants to talk, Tap into that world. I do have my tarot subscription that I do on Patreon because it is. You have to work with it on a, a pretty much a daily or like a weekly basis, um, and then just through the process, you 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 learn, you understand, um, new things come to you. It's that's what I love about the tarot is no matter how much, you know, there's always still more to take from it. Um, and so that's why I encourage everyone to check out, uh, Juanita's Instagram because your write-ups, the pictures are beautiful. Yes. Hundred percent, but sometimes those write-ups are just they'll they'll make you think, um, and you know, in her Pisces flavor, they are very poetic. Um, so definitely check that out. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you, Mel. You're kind.
0: Oh well, I'm also accurate, uh, but. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, But yes, that's how I feel, Juanita. Um, So, all right. Well, where can you find me? Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com and I'll have my astro blog there. So if you missed what Juanita said there, I'll have her, her location and all that jazz on my astro blog. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at energetic principles. And like I was saying just moments ago, I have my Patreon service uh, where you can sign up for a weekly tarot subscription. That's how it's set up right now. Um, and then I also have moon horoscopes and uh, early access to the podcast for different tiers. And that's how we got this reading today uh, was because we engaged with the patrons. So, you know, if you like the podcast, consider signing up for that support. Um, and if you like the podcast and what we are discussing here today and think someone else should hear it too, you know, sharing is caring, send it to a friend, email it over, IG it, text it, however you people do it, (laughs) get it out there. Uh, And if you feel like, you know, Spreading the good word, uh, as far as feedback's concerned, I will gladly accept a nice iTunes review. Um, and like Juanita, I also do consultations as well. So if you like what we're talking about here today, you know, re- we're both here to help you. Um, so Juanita, thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it.
1: I loved it. I had a great time.
0: All right. Well, until next time. (laughs) Uh, And until next time for our listeners as well, I thank you so much for tuning in um, and may the stars be with you.